0: What do you want a da-da-da?
1: What do y'all want a da-da-da? I have not a da what da 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 We could switch to progressa-da-da. Oh, yeah? We could switch to progressa and sa. mm -hmm. We could sa and have to buy some za. Oh, yeah! Let's switch to progressa-da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah! Now we know. We're going to da, da, da
0: These days, nothing is normal and everything is
2: weird. But you could still save big when you switch to progressive. It might just be the most
3: normal thing you da da da. Quote da
1: at progressive.com.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone.
3: You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, this is
4: Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts Podcast on Apple and Google Play, and if you want to interact with us as a hosts, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. hello, welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Curry House My name is Alex, I'm joined by Paul Hello And Joe Howdy there We're also joined for a very special episode by Patina Can you say hello, Patina?
2: I live to serve, how may I serve you?
4: Thank you for that Alan Maxson is very kindly, to, um, is kindly oh, agreed to Oh wait, it's Alan
2: Maxson, here I am Ah, oh, there we go.
4: Didn't quite recognise you there. Alan has very kindly agreed to come back for round two, discussing Godzilla King of the Monsters, but also discussing his most recent film, which he directed and acted in, Patina. Right, before we do that, Paul, can you lead on what has Kaiju been up to?
0: Absolutely. I have um Kaiju been spending my money on things that I shouldn't be buying. As, as you'll know, we just by when we see something and we've had quite an active member in the group who's um I think is moving house so he's having a bit of a clearance. Um and I treated myself to the two thousand and nine SH Monster Arts Godzilla with the atomic breath. I was gonna get Necker as it was cheaper. But um as he he was saying at for forty pounds. I couldn't resist. So I, I've now got a 2019 Godzilla to go along with the Necker um, Mothra and Rodan and he he looks really good he's, he lacks movement because he's Godzilla he's chunky but I'm very happy for 40 pounds dad bod Godzilla <laughs> there's
5: nothing wrong with a dad bod there dude. is not dad no.
0: gotta have bods <laughs> truth how about um, you James James oh god <laughs> James who is James <that? laughs> every time you <laughs> guys are my name no right sorry
4: right reel it back in joe what have kaiju been up to
5: right so one of my co-workers um threw something out you know amongst other co-workers that apparently one in six americans believe in the existence of bigfoot So not necessarily feeling attacked by that because it's probably true. <laughs> I dug out my copy of Harry and the Henderson's later that night yes. and watched it with my with well, I watched it with my 5-year-old.
2: My first question is why do you have to dig it out? Shouldn't that be like on the forefront of your shelves?
5: Mm. There are a lot of <laughs> DVD cases. A lot. <laughs> It's but, not necessary. I mean, I can see it. You know, the title is out here, but I do have to kind of rummage through <laughs> to get there. There are a lot of monster and practical effects movies I keep in my library. But, are, we, are we
4: agreed it's uh, a kaiju movie?
5: <laughs> Strange Beasts. Yeah. And as you said uh when you were interviewing Mr. Yokai guy, oh. uh crypt cryptozoological creatures can also count as kaiju. Get in. But yeah. But um has fantastic practical effects. I love it. And Charlotte absolutely loved it, especially the part where Harry learns to sit. We thought that was <laughs>
3: hilarious. <laughs>
5: oh! My favorite part was kind of the opening dialogue of the film. I'd kind of forgotten that it existed, but when the young boy, you know, it's his first hunting trip, and his father and he, you know, he they bag a rabbit. The sister calls him something like a but- you're a butcher, Ernie. She goes, "Shut up, Sarah. It was him or me." And it was just like such a deadpan, like perfect delivery of that line. I was just cracking up for way longer than I should have.
4: My favorite, my favorite part of that film is where um, it is Harry, isn't it? The the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. When when Harry goes into the house and he sees the the deer's head uh, mounted on the wall, and then they something
5: takes it takes down. Gold.
4: But it's a wonderful film. It's, it's really heartwarming.
5: Oh. We should do an episode on it, but I'm just going to stay this before we end this little bit. The other great part was the jacuzzi. <laughs> he's watching the woman boil a chicken, then he looks over and he sees people getting into a j- jacuzzi, and he's thinking the same thing, and the horrified expression on his face. <laughs> just <laughs> fantastic.
0: Oh, I feel bad and, for not seeing this. And I'm No, it's a wonderful yeah, film. But
5: it's great because the uh, suit actor there is the same guy that was in uh, Predator, the original Predator. No, it was great, and yeah, same what? guy. And then what a crossover! There was, there was also a series, a Harry and the Henderson like sitcom as well,
2: and that was Brian Steele who played a Predator at some point as well. I think, yeah. Wow.
5: But, okay. But, yeah, lots of. Uh,
4: I want to see yeah. Predator and the Hendersons.
2: <laughs> That'd be great. That That'd be, be a different
5: are, film. A dad's a hunter. They might get on. The dad's <laughs> yeah. a hunter. They might get on. You never know.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go buy that film now. My
4: turn. Um, Alan, do you want to ask me? Ask me the question.
0: Yeah.
2: What have you? What have you been doing and or spending your money on lately? That that was that was a
4: rubbish delivery. Can we try that again? <laughs> that, that was awful. Say, what have Kaiju been up to? Try that again. Come uh, on. yes. Um, James, what have kaiju been up to? There we go. Read the script. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am pleased to say that I have booked myself tickets for the Ray Harryhausen Titan of Cinema. Um, what's the term for it? Exhibition at the Scottish National Gallery of Modern Art. So I am going to Edinburgh next year. And if anyone's interested, the period that's being exhibited is Saturday the 23rd of May 2020 to Sunday the 25th of October 2020. So plenty of time next year. And the reason why it's a big deal is because just over uh, £10, I've got my tickets for £13. You can see, collectively together... Ray Harryhausen's pieces from his films. They're all going to be together and exhibited, which I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. So I'm quite lucky that I live uh, far up north, and it'll only be a two-hour drive up to Edinburgh. But I encourage other UK Kaiju fans to come along. Maybe we can even plan some kind of group trip. That would be good to see. But yeah, that that, that was a nice thing to have booked. So that that's, that's myself. That's awesome. Yeah.
5: Yeah, those are like, iconic props from cinema history. So Mm. totally worth it.
4: I think so. Yeah. Would one of the two of you like to ask our guest
5: the question? Oh yeah. Yo, Alan, what have Kaiju been up to?
2: Nailed it. I totally dropped the ball on the question.
5: To be fair, it's a bad pun. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) No joke. I have been, (laughs) I have been uh, finishing my, my short film patina and starting to promote and talk to people about it the same way that you and I are about to today.
3: What is that?
2: It's a robot. Welcome to Patina Robotics.
5: Hi, Pat. (laughs) Patina is an extremely advanced AI assistance machine. Uh, Good to meet you, Pat. I'm John. This is my girlfriend, Alexa. I live to serve. How may I serve you? He will do anything you ask. He's creepy. Look, he's just staring at me. Till the day... Stop asking you to serve me! That's freaky! You... God, John, I am not playing with him, okay? I am terrified!
2: Die. How may I serve you? I want to hear you guys' reviews. What's your thoughts? Well, do you want to tell us what the film's about, first of all, for our listeners? Yeah. So, the film Patina is about a guy named John who brings a six-foot robot home into his house. And it's a, a service robot. And it's supposed to do any command you ask of it. And he brings it home. But immediately, his girlfriend, Alexa, does not... Vibe well. She gets a eerie feeling. She has a gut instinct that something's off about this robot, and the tension and um, pressure builds from there. I don't want to give away too much because it's it's only a short film, and so I don't want to ruin ruin the rest of the story. But that's the gist of it. Is it's a warning tale of having robots in our homes that do tasks.
5: I loved it. I thought it was hilarious.
2: Good. Thank you.
5: I mean, I think that you missed one brilliant opportunity for a line in that movie. I think that, like, because the robot looks a certain way, maybe not necessarily, you know, the most comfortable way that they could have designed it. I I think that like if the female actress, you know, she could have gone like, what the hell? Did you get this from Darker Image or something? I think (laughs) that that could have been a great pun line in there. But I will let it slide because the the end delivery of the gag in your film, I think that that really paid off. Because I went in completely blind to what it was other than the fact there's a robot because you gave us a brief description. So I was like, all right. And the description is
2: very brief too. It's very brief.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So I just went in blind, and I thought that I thought it was pretty funny because when you get a new appliance or electronic thing, the first thing that you naturally do is you turn it on and you try to make it work without reading any instructions. So I think you were bang on delivery there because nobody does that (laughs) until it's uh, already activated. Yeah, exactly. So nobody's read the instruction manual, anything of this sort. And of course, one person in the home can work it and the other person is clueless and it has nothing to do with reading the manual or not. It's just the way that the technology gods work. So again, perfect delivery there. And then, um, yeah, the design, the makeup work that you have for it, was that a prosthetic or was that makeup?
2: It was prosthetic with makeup to um, blend it all together and make it look rusty and metal-like.
5: Oh, very cool. Rusty. He's fresh out of the box. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> well, um, did you notice? This he, is a high quality product. He did have rusty and even his sound design, all of the the movement in him is rusty and the insides don't sound quite right. Um, and there's a little... So he
5: was, he was not made in Japan,
2: obviously. <laughs> he was not. Because <laughs> if you actually pay attention, um, at the very end, during the end credits in the background, you actually get to see the Patina Robotics Factory... Being destroyed, and you see the building being, um, crumbled down, and inside you see the broken robot parts. Um, and if you rewatch it with that in mind, that is basically telling you this was a full company that mass produced these robots, but it was all shut down for some reason that is unknown, and somehow one robot that is rusty and the insides aren't quite put together all the way made it out still.
5: Interesting. But yeah, I I liked it because um, I don't want to put too much of a spoiler. This is a dark comedy film. So anybody who's looking into like a serious gritty horror, there are gritty horror elements to it, but the end result is dark comedy. And I like dark comedy, and I also like a good pun delivery. So this was very good in that respect. So I did enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah,
2: it's – you know, putting it in a genre category, I think you hit the nail on the head because – when I wrote it, I don't think I truly actually had the intentions of being funny. I think the end, yes, the pun payoff does have a comedicness to it. And there are comedic moments like I think I've observed people have always laughed whenever Patina smiles. And the smile was not intended to be like a laughing point but it is it's lighthearted and even the actor who played john he brought a little lightheartedness to it when he's just like dopey like a, a it, it's a robot you know so there's a lot of i think subconscious lighthearted things that turn it more of to a dark comedy than than i really uh not unexpected but then my intentions were fully to be if that makes sense
5: and to throw out dark comedy a bit more, I mean, this isn't like a Dale and Tucker versus evil no. like comedy extravaganza. That's it isn't like comedy. that. This is, yeah, this is much, but it does definitely have horror elements in it. Um, so this is much more lighthearted, or not lighthearted, but a little bit more subtle than that lighthearted approach. Correct. So I, I would. I would give you. I will give you that. But if anyone's I ever seen it.
2: Tales from the Dark Side, I think it fits perfectly within that type of medium. This it's is, almost Tales from the Crypt. It is a almost bit, like
4: yeah. sort of
5: like yeah, yeah.
4: It's kind of like along that vein. Yeah. I watched it with a family uh, friend, and I thought you, could say, I thought with you were about to say with your family. Say with your family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah all right. Okay. So um, just wow, just, that just before taking my daughter, four year old, to bed last yeah. night, I said, we're <laughs> going to put on this film, and she said, "Ooh." <laughs> And then, you know, she cried. Uh, no, no, I, I watched this with a family member, not a child, my I add. And the parallel that they drew—I um, haven't seen this, so I'd like your opinion, guys. They said it reminded them of *Tales of the Unexpected*, which they said was a show in the '70s with adaptations of Roald Dahl's short stories. Always, uh, I'm having to read this. Always pitch black, but typically British humour and a twist at the end. So kind of like I a, see a warning.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That so, sounds
4: uh, about right. Kind of a, ca- a cautionary tale. Black comedy, but dark, but still, you know, there's funny. I mean, I, I, I belly laughed a couple of points. I, I genuinely belly laughed. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Um, the other thing that it reminded me of, when I saw Patina smile for the first time, there was like an exaggerated sense of that point in terminator 2 when arnie smiles oh yes yeah. <laughs> when he's when he's chatting to john connor and he does the smile and it's such a forced smile he does have that resting yeah thing, exactly yeah. You know I mean. it, it's, it's that robotic <laughs> smile it's the uncanny valley it's that it's an almost human smile but not yes. quite convincing enough which I think. Well, I think the you... funny
2: thing about the smile too is i don't know if you guys observed but in the unwritten rule for me as as the actor i play patina in it is the blink is him saying yes and the smile is him
0: saying no
4: no i mean i'm, I'm gonna admit i did not oh, i
0: didn't pick up on that
4: but then i could easily re-watch him yeah more things absolutely
5: I may have drank a lemonade before watching, so I'm gonna plead that. <laughs> a ah, special lemonade. <laughs> that that's our that's a code yeah. <laughs> on this show. Some children do listen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tang. Right. Wow.
5: Okay, well I but um,
0: I thought think a different show that I was comparing it to when watching it, um, Black Mirror. it felt very much like um it was because obviously black mirror is kind of a, a dark take on where technology can lead us if um if if left unchecked and when i'm watching it i was thinking oh this is just like uh, a mini black mirror and obviously black mirror is huge so hopefully you can bounce off that <laughs> with this film uh, yeah you know what's funny is the only black mirror episode i've seen is the
2: one where the president and the pig get together <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, oh. The, um oh, the true story <laughs>
4: yeah
5: there was a uh we were talking before this podcast about star trek and stargate and all those other things i think my favorite episode of uh black mirror is uh is that episode where they're stuck in a computer and this guy's simulation of one of those like star trek oh yeah programs and they're trying to get out that was really cool i do like that strangely though like if when I was going to equate this to any episode, it would be the one with the robotic dogs, if that makes sense. You know, the things that are hunting people, like those kind of robots.
0: Okay. Like it, it, when, oh, what yes, I get from
3: it...
4: Uh, Metalhead, yeah. with the little robotic dogs that run after people and shoot them. It was done in black and white, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, so yeah. it's not necessarily, it's not the same vein, but... What makes me call back to that is just the underlying sense that something's not right. And I mean, you see the dogs later on, but there is just an underlying sense. And then there's something robotic and foreign. And you're just like, what is that? Why does it feel so off? And then, you know, things start to happen. You're like, oh, golly. Okay. That's why they're bad. But (laughs) it was kind of, it was kind of like that watching this. Just like, okay, you know, like. Maybe this isn't the perfect thing. Maybe you should have warned your partner before bringing this home. And who designed that? You know, it should have been a maybe, maybe this. Hmm. I mean, it could have had a Hello Kitty head. And I think that, you know, maybe the marketing for the company that made these could have done a bit better, you know, like along those lines. Progressive presents the sounds of the old world.
2: The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant.
1: Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party. Oh, there you are.
3: This
4: has
2: been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still
5: switch and save like it's 2019.
1: Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
5: But right. It's just like, maybe you should have warned your partner
0: for bringing home <laughs> no. the six
5: foot tall. <laughs> you know.
0: No, we don't do that. We buy tech and we just install it in the house, and we hope that our partners don't do anything to upset that tech.
5: You can—it's—it's <laughs> it's really great because if you ask Alexa if she's sending the government what she's listening to, she gets really defensive and she gives like this long spiel <laughs> about what she is, what she is and is not doing.
0: Which, so, yeah, she. And, and watching this, good, obviously, the, the woman was called Alexa, so I don't know if that set off anyone's yeah, uh, machines while watching it.
4: Yes, yeah. Yeah,
0: you got it, cool. <laughs> I can just imagine someone watching it. If and you it's, watch it, the, the, my Alexa goes off like four times yeah, during the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, just to add to the creepiness, your AI starts talking to you while watching a film about, yeah, about a dark AI, so that's, that is fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's an
5: added feature. Exactly. Great job. It's breaking the
0: fourth wall, It was really well done. <laughs> It was all that was all the plan.
2: (laughs) It was almost my Andy Kaufman type moment in this particular film was to um, bring real life as part of the interacting because everybody's going to be watching this at home. It's it's rare that someone's going to see it not at their house, you know?
5: Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into that. How can people watch it?
2: Well, either today or tomorrow, whenever Amazon approves me, it'll be available on Amazon Prime (laughs) streaming. So everybody could watch it if you're a Prime member um, for free. If you're not a Prime member, I think it's only like four bucks or something. Um, And then I know it's a short film, so not many people want to buy physical copies of short films. But if for some reason you're a collector and you do, it's available right now on Blu-ray on Amazon um,
5: on Blu-ray. Very cool. So Amazon is kind of a primary outlet for it. You will not find 100%. it.
2: You'll see it in a few select um, film festivals that are still coming out. It's going to play in a few randomly for the next, um, I think, 12 months.
5: Okay, cool. Um, okay. Please let us know those details. We will post them in the group and let people know where they can potentially go see it.
2: Absolutely. And if anybody does watch this, whether you you buy a copy, rent a copy, or you watch it on the streaming for free, um, please review it, leave, leave a rating on either Amazon or IMDb. Cause even if it's good or bad, I want to hear all the feedback. Cause the point of me making this film, which I guess is going to answer a question. Somebody was curious of why I chose to make it the length I did. Is that a, yes. That oh, I would have come up with that a bit like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the intention for this is the reason why I want your reviews and, and notes is the next film I'm making is a feature film and this will be my Ooh. will be a thir- my third film and I want to definitely make everything better as as I keep making more films. The first one I made in 2016 was called Christmas with Cookie which is also available on all those same platforms on Amazon.
5: That's a favorite of cinema. An amazing piece of cinema. <laughs> hey, loves that piece film. Of cinema. <laughs> it's
2: a bad movie, but that's the thing is it's intentionally bad and it was meant to be yeah. that. And when you make one of those, it's very quick that people associate you with you with that only. And so, I started noticing since 2016, I would always hear, "Alan, you like bad movies. You know how to make bad movies." And I thought, man, like, <laughs> I know how to make good ones too.
5: I guess I just need to prove it.
2: <laughs>
5: All right. So, for listeners who do not know what Christmas with Cookie is, I'm I'm going to read the IMDb summary of this film. Oh, this should be good. And. Alan, you, you have gone kind of out of your way to make a ridiculous film here.
0: Yes. <laughs> but, uh,
5: it's 20, it's a, it's a 2016 release and I'm going to read it <clears throat> with my cinematic, dramatic voice here. Nobody laugh because then I will. In the year 3978, global warming has made a desert of the North Pole. Santa and Mrs. Claus battle angry skeletons that didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. Evil aliens try to take over the world, and a giant, abominable snowman wants Santa for his next meal. I mean... You've thrown everything in there. Yes. (laughs) Take take a bow, Joe. That was good.
2: Take a bow. Anybody who watches the trailer for that film, it's not hiding anything. You know what you're getting into when you watch the trailer. I
5: I dare say the uh, picture that IMDb has for the cover is not hiding anything either. Correct.
2: That looks brilliant. It's funny when you see all the bad reviews. Like There's so many bad reviews, and I just look and I go, did you not watch the trailer? It's clear what you're getting into.
5: <laughs> what the hell? There's aliens in this story too? Some cinema is just meant to be like, have your friends sat around and just have a laugh. That's really what this is. Yes. And you know, the thing with Christmas with the Cookie was...
2: I made that movie for $1,000 and anyone who knows what it takes to make a film, that's pennies. That is nothing. And so that tells you right there why I had to lean into the way that I led, lead, led into it. Um, and then the thing with Patina is Patina is only 10 minutes long because in order to up the game of professionalism and seriousness in it you know it does cost more money so the 10 minute film of Pen- patina cost about 4 grand and that's the difference wow. an hour long movie for one or a 10 minute for 4 and that's why it was a short film was because budget budget and time and what i have the intentions of is my next feature will be the quality equal or better of patina but at a feature length So now it comes full circle back around of, please everybody buy the movie because all of that money goes towards the next film.
4: Can I stop you guys there? We will take a break because I think that's a wonderful segue. And when we return after the break, are you able to go into more detail, Alan, about what your aspirations are for a feature-length film? Sure. Brilliant. Let's take a break, guys. Groovy. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now. And if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroes podcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge and Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you.
5: Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I am your host, Joe, and joined with me tonight is Alex. Hello. Hello. Paul. Hello. And special guest, Alan Maxson, who has just finished talking about Patina, his newest film.
3: I would live to serve.
0: How may I serve you?
5: You didn't just do that. That had to have been an effect. It
0: sounds too good, doesn't it?
5: Was that you?
2: <laughs> that time I... So the first time I just did it, this time I put my hand in front of my mouth to muffle it. <laughs> wow. wow.
5: Man wow, of many you talents. Go. You should be in sound mixing. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Speaking of many talents, Alan, you were... Uh, just before the break, you alluded to a future project that would be feature length. Do yes. tell.
2: So, everybody, please follow me on social media because I'm going to post about it, especially once it's live. I'm going to be posting like crazy. But um, every every dollar that I make from Patina and also I'm going to do a crowdfunding where when you donate said amount, you will get the movie on DVD, the, my new film. Um, I'm going to make a feature film and it is going to be without giving away too much, a film in the style of enemy mine, alien nation, uh, bright, basically two, two different uh species trapped together, forced to put aside their differences and get along. And this movie has no humans in it, none whatsoever. So if you like aliens and monsters and sci-fi, this is the ultimate because there will there will be no humans as a crutch in it and uh, all
5: right so you say that i'm going to challenge you here challenge me <laughs> will there be humanoid aliens in it
2: yes they will all be humanoid upright Two legs, okay. two arms.
5: I was going to say, if you, went, if you went for, like, a talking, praying mantis for one, and then, you know, a humanoid for the other, it would be pretty interesting. Like, I think that, you know, there's a point in the film you're like, I, I can't read your face here. Give me something. You know, like, be a great com- comedic effect. But
4: very – that that's cool. Because there's aliens, and there's aliens. You can watch an episode of Star Trek, and, it's like, it's technically an alien, but it's like, it's a human, but it, with slightly yeah. dodgy ears.
3: Come on. Yeah.
0: So uh, are they all speaking kind of English? Like
5: the Mon Calamari and-
0: or is it <laughs> is it gonna be sub uh, subtitled or will there be no talking and it just be all through motion? It will be English. Um it'll
2: it'll be displayed in a way that is just a that's part of the suspension of your belief within this, okay, this yeah. movie. Um There will be particular words that are new vocabulary words within their their universe um but the whole thing will be in english but there'll be particular uh yeah just certain words that are specific to them and you'll learn and it'll be fun it'll be like you know first time anyone watched star wars or star trek and you learn what what the certain words and species and stuff are
0: yeah oh
2: cool I'm in a position sorry Oh, I was just to say, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be super fun, and I'm really excited. I've actually started writing this before I wrote Patina, but I wanted to make something short and small to have as a um, display of work to help yeah. raise money, so that cookie is not the only display of work to show <laughs> what you're gonna get for your money. And so I, I took a, st- uh, a break from writing it to do patina so that I could have this body of work to say, it'll look more like this and less like Cookie, because I don't think anyone would donate money if they are going to get Cookie again.
0: <laughs>
4: well, I don't so, know. I as walking... long as we know what we're getting. Right. Paul, <laughs> That's true. Paul, don't, don't change your tune now, mate. because <laughs> we're walking along together, the three of us down in Devon, and we're about to go for a lemonade and paul <laughs> says to me i tried to watch Cookie. i lasted a couple of minutes I... now, so, so don't be like oh i don't know no 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 mate i no, can't sure, i can't bad, watch man. it sober you rip
0: it apart. i i um, I, it... I, mean,
4: <laughs> I see i i haven't seen it but um my only experience of it is when I watched your Alan and trailer reel, or uh, a creature, creature sort of, mm.
3: you know, mm-hmm. the list
4: of things that you've played. And, uh, I mean, there's some suits in that that look absolutely fantastic. There's some really, really gory ones where you're in this kind of woodland area and there's a person by a car windscreen. <laughs> oh,
3: shit! <No. laughs>
4: I love kind of the gory effects of that. And then suddenly it's just cookie. I'm like, what the hell is this?
0: Only they knew that the cookies with green Christmas trees were poisonous. The cookies with green Christmas
4: trees are poisonous? Oh, crap. So it really kind of like, it gave me a fright more because the tone changed. (laughs) I thought, okay,
5: um, right. Well, now, what you should do, is I mean, it, it, would think, it would seem pretty, you know, easy if you just take, like, a green, like, tarp or screen or whatever, and then just, like, have Cookie just walk past, like, a background thing or whatever, just mm. for, the, for the giggle of it, <laughs> like, as a nod. That would be great.
0: Oh, yeah, just in well, the background, that would be great.
5: In there, you know, like, oh, wait a second.
2: Funny thing is, is actually all of these films and... Hopefully, all of the ones I make in the future are all going to be a shared connected universe. Uh. And if you actually pay attention in Patina, there's a moment where Alexa's on the phone with John, and John says, Hold on a second, my boss is talking to me. If you listen to what his boss is saying in the background, he's saying, Hey, John, we got another story coming in. Something about revenge on Santa. And that's alluding to the moment when Prudence and Peter in Christmas with Cookie declare their revenge on Santa. And it's supposed to take place at the same moment. Ah. Connecting the world of Cookie and Patina. The,
4: the Max and Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Very
2: I nice. mean, those, that couple were so, so mad John at is Santa. A, a newscaster. <laughs> they were. They
0: were furious, but they're also weirdos. Uh, but but I got to yeah, lo- say, uh, they went and loved the presents, though, afterwards, didn't they? After complaining about them
2: they did yeah. yes
0: not sucker jones <laughs> um I, w-
2: I i gotta admit i can't finish the movie either anytime i watch it i cringe it's so bad
0: <laughs> you need some lemonades i
5: think we're gonna get some people yeah some people are gonna watch.
0: Most- yeah i think people are gonna be yeah, curious
5: just because they're they just want to they will be a bedspark house and
4: have lemonade like that's I was gonna say, how-, how many lemonades do i need for this to be
5: palatable a lot. I say it's a solid three lemonades. Oh, <laughs> <it's a> solid <laughs> this three, sounds good Pite, pint, pint, pint-sized yeah. lemonades. Okay.
4: I can do that. Um, but you've kind of you've raised a point that I wanted to explore very, very briefly. And um, Alan, how do you decide what's a good bad film and what's just a bad crap film? You know,
2: good question. Because sometimes each you film know, has, you has you a w- different level. I think. <sighs> yeah. Um, you can't you can't put them all on the same level to do that. You know, sometimes I will look at stuff and I and I'll I'll go So if you I guess let's compare the drastic differences. Let's compare Christmas with Cookie versus I don't know, what's what's the worst high budget movie you've seen recently? Name one you didn't like. That that is a multi. Nobody say King of
5: the Monsters. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody better nobody say, say that. King of uh, the Monsters. No 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cut cut cut.
4: Right, let's take a Nobody back. better um,
5: say that one. No. Um, so deliberate attempt at humor.
4: <laughs> um. Right. Okay. It's it's not recent, but when Sharknado came out, I did not think. <laughs> right. Oh, no no no. Oh, let, that let wasn't see. high let, budget. Wait wait wait. Hang on <laughs> a second. Alan, were you the piranha in that? No, not piranha. Were you the shark?
2: <laughs> I was not. I wish I was. Okay, that's fine,
4: that's fine. Right, okay. But when Sharknado came out, I did not think that was so bad it was good. I just thought it was a bit stupid and a bit pants. And similarly, can you remember when Piranha 3D came out? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So one of my friends said to me, Piranha 3D, great gore, great tits. Excuse my language. (laughs) Apologies, listeners. Then Piranha 3... What's wrong with birds? Yeah, no, no, exactly. Correct. Um, When Piranha 3 Double D came out, their words were
5: (laughs) crap gore, crap tits. Oh my god. What? Can, can you, you had remember that? For had you, Lake monster? Had you, you make it? fun of me for Crater Lake Monster, and now I'm finding this out about you. Goodness
2: me. It's true, though. You know, it's like it's all, it's all relative. And I think if you look at a big budget movie, say you don't like – I've never seen the newest Avengers movie. So my opinion here is not real. But I'm saying pretend you don't like the newest Avenger movie. If you didn't, my thought would be you had – how many million dollars to make this? Why is it not better? And then I look at things like cooking and go, Oh, he had $1,000. He did quite good with that for one grand. So sometimes I think it's things like that. You have to look at the perspective of what you're given, the cards you were dealt. And this is the same with life. You know, you have to look at like the success of a person where they came from to where they got versus where they ended up is going to be different from someone who started out with a better hand. You know, and I think that's how you have to look at movies, in a way.
4: That's right, steady on there, Alan, because in terms of budget, I saw, I saw the live-action Last Airbender, and that had a big budget. And I'm telling you, that gives Cookie a run for its money.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think that that film disappointed a variety of people, not least of which was myself. Oh, I haven't seen
0: it, but I never was into just it. just finished...
5: <laughs> This is kind of funny. So my friend John actually introduced me into Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is a cartoon series that Nickelodeon did, and it is fantastic. It's it's great for all the right reasons. And the movie was coming out, and I was thinking, oh golly, this is gonna be great. I want to see like a platypus bear, or you know, <laughs> like, they're they're oh yeah, all the animals in Avatar: The Last Airbender are off the wall, but they're great in their own little way. And they're just all there are amazing special effects and stuff that could have, you know, been incorporated into that story had it gotten past the first movie. But it didn't. And I think that's just simply because they changed a few very key aspects of that plot and some of the characters that just didn't let it jive. And yeah, like you can have all the plot in the world, but if
4: the Alpha (laughs) and Omega Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing about a serving platter. Hey, Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. La la la! Detector test. Indecent bundle out. your home and in auto and with Progressive in. today. The Marmot mangled by mushy pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Me 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 me. But also you.
5: the heart isn't there
2: I think sometimes it's too many chefs in the kitchen too when you when you have big budget films sometimes there's too many people poking at it and when you're an employer of those people you have to appease the people that are paying you and and they'll say stuff and you'll be like well that's kind of a bad idea but alright
5: have we brought up uh, Kevin Smith's uh, monologue that he did about how he was uh, drafted to write a Superman movie have have any of you seen that No. no I
4: love right. What is so this new devilry?
5: This is, yeah, so this is a great Is that the thing. Nicolas Cage probably, one? I don't know, 10. Fi- no. It, no. No, it wasn't that. Um, but basically, uh, Kevin Smith was asked to pen the script for a Superman story because he is a comic book uh, aficionado. He, he knows what he's talking about, and he likes it when characters are done justice. A lot of times people will interview him, what he thinks he, about all the superhero movies coming out. So I forget which director asked him to do it. Um, Alex, you can look this up, but it's the same, I think, right? Producer or director that probably producer that had wild, wild west tagged to him. And um, Kevin, the Will Smith wrote this movie? thing and he was writing it. And in, in the meantime, yeah. he's getting all these requests to incorporate, incorporate certain things. And, uh, it just gets more and more off the rails and he's just. Kind of you know, as he, as he narrates this monologue, it, it's pretty great listening to him because you can't help but laugh. But at the end, the producer uh, was just like, "Oh, I know what the finale can be: throw in a giant spider." And Kevin's like, "Well, we're just having this battle at like the South Pole or the North Pole or whatever you know the Fortress of Solitude is located in this particular universe," and. I don't think that that would fit. And, you know, then create it. And then that was where the cause of creative distances, you know, arose. And ultimately, you know, like his script, Never Saw the Light of Day, that version of that movie never got made. But lo and behold, Wild Wild West comes out and it has a giant spider at the end. (laughs) And, you know, it's just like it's that ending gag, but it perfectly illustrates how wild it can be trying to get a good script going in Hollywood. Because, again, you have all these people that are donating to your cause that want to see certain things done.
2: Nice to see an invention that actually works. Most impressive.
5: And by the time you've thrown in all of those requests, is it ultimately the movie that you yourself wanted to make? And I think it's, I think it's when directors are given a budget and their own creative uh, autonomy, that's where the best things come out. And Agreed. you can have a low budget.
3: Oh, crap.
5: Like in your case, Alan, or you can have a high budget and you just – you have to have that right director at the helm who's going to politely say, like, look, I respect your opinion, but I'm going to decline this because I don't think it will work with the target audience. And it takes a lot of nerve to say that, I think, Mm -hmm. having never been in that position.
2: (laughs) I I think that's that's perfectly said. And, you know, Kevin Smith is very wise. Almost everything he says, most people with a sane head on their shoulders agree because it it makes sense. And it's true. And that is how the industry works. And that's why you do see, I think, you know, I, I believe I read somewhere that Jordan Peele took a giant pay cut for Get Out so that he could have more control of the final cut and final draft of the script. And as most people saw, the movie was very great. It was an awesome twist ending. It was a well-made movie. And I think someone as big as Jordan Peele, if he would have left more fingers in it, people poking at it, chefs in the kitchen, it might have turned out a little bit sloppier and and maybe more confusing. Because that type of movie particularly could get confusing fast yeah. if you don't have the right um, person driving the car.
5: We went over this earlier in a previous episode where Alex uh, told us his thoughts on Mimic. Poor Guillermo del Toro. You know, That's right, yeah. He was asked to make a horror movie and he just basically got uh, rigmarole into directing what Miramax the, uh, producers wanted him to and not necessarily, yeah, well, I'm not trying to name names, but you know, <laughs> anyways, what Miramax <sighs> wanted him to direct, not what Guillermo uh, wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So. I still haven't seen that second one, Alex. Well, the uh, third well, So, M- have you M- ever M- seen M- the two. movie? Have you, have you ever seen Mimic to start out with? The
2: first one, but I never saw part two.
5: Okay. So, apparently, in one of the Mimic movies, I think it's two, the bug that's been pursuing them or whatever, uh, its head gets lopped off. And then, like, you have two college students... Living with this headless giant humanoid cockroach in their flat that's just going about its business because a cockroach can live without its head. <laughs> and to me, that sounded like the perfect sitcom. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's like almost like Joe's apartment
5: with a, yeah. a twist. <laughs> no, Joe's apartment, that's taking me back. That was some of the first CGI effects, I think. Uh, MTV did that too, didn't they? Yeah.
0: I? I don't remember. So, sorry, So um, I've for I've your film. I was going to say, is this why you've decided to um, do it yourself, fund it yourself, so you don't have the pressures of the studio influencing your vision? Yeah.
2: So, at my level of directing, because, you know, I, I, I consider Cookie, you know, and then a short film... Obviously, we've seen it done before, but it's rare when a studio is going to give money to somebody at at the credibility of my filmmaking level. So mine would be more like private investors, and you still have to do the same. Private investors have a say, they have a cut, they have demands, and you just have to deal with their thoughts and opinions. And I, I truly believe with the little amount of money that I'll need to make my feature, I'm hoping to make it for... Minimum of $30,000. And if I can raise that through crowdfunding and people purchasing Cookie and Patina, I think that will give me 100% of the control and I can make the best decision for that particular story because I know where it's heading. And there will be no surprise giant spiders thrown at the end (laughs) because it's cool.
4: There'd be some incredible irony if Cookie, which only cost, you know, £1,000, if that film, which you acknowledge is bad basically, you know, brought home the bacon that led to something as wonderful as your own feature-length film? that would be something almost comical about that?
2: It, honestly, it would make sense. I feel like yeah, that's, no, that's the way it. of the world.
5: <laughs> you have to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. You and have think, to start somewhere. I think people,
4: people are buying into stuff like uh, crowdfunding and Patreon. Yes. And I know myself, when I've kind of subscribed to my uh, yokai artist friend, people like the idea of kind of supporting someone's creativity and originality because we are kind of a bit dulled by buying stuff on Amazon. So when you see someone kind of saying, hey, I'm going to go down the road by myself and I'm going to try something a little bit different. It'll take a lot longer. You know, my time scale isn't tomorrow afternoon guaranteed prime delivery. It's going to be 18 months and I'll send you email updates and down the line, I might get food poisoning and be slowed down and People kind of buy into that realness, for want of a better term, and um, there was a Patreon that I subscribed to where, no, it's crowdfunding, sorry, where I uh, donated some money to see a Welsh artist start her own book, and she got delayed by an entire year, but the, the regular emails kind of kept everyone going and kept everyone enthusiastic, and people do get kind of amped, and they do kind of get carried along with that, so... I really do hope, uh, Alan, that people do kind of catch the bug and get excited along
5: with your feature-length film. I thank you. I, I hope I, so, I've too. Done... Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I've done crowdfunding too. I've, I've, d- I actually um, did. Uh, I contributed towards Shallow Water, and then oh, great. Uh, also, really, yeah.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, me I, too. I, I really enjoyed.
5: I I enjoyed that little thing. It's yeah, great. It's a good um, one. And then, um, I loved his Batman dead end though. I think that's my favorite (laughs) of all the things that he's done. That was well done. Um, I also like, uh, it's funny because Joe DeVito, his Kong of Skull Island, uh, compendium, that giant book that he put out, like that was another thing that, you know, is like limited, you know, crowdfunded, so to speak. Artists that, I mean, like you have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and. It's a thing that people keep saying. Like there are no new ideas in Hollywood. There are there are no new books coming out. There's nothing weird or original. I think that's nonsense. You got to look a the little weird, harder. I think absolutely, yeah. yeah. All the weird and original stuff is at ground level, and it's being and people who are next to you are coming up with it. And you've got to give them the chance to be heard because if you never give them that chance, you're either going to bum them out, their message isn't going to be heard, mm-hmm. or you're just not going to come across it even if it has been thrown out. So, yep. yeah, you got you got to do it. But anyways, I think we've digressed yet again. We need to talk King of the Monsters.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll we time. do. I appreciate
2: all your guys' support, though, on <laughs> Patina in my next film. And, like, I, I truly thank you. Thank you for being so positive and supporting of it.
3: Hmm.
5: No worries, we support let's new original take,
3: original
4: artists. Let's take our second break and when we return we will kind of round up this episode with Godzilla King and the Monsters, with our updated thoughts and any additional stuff around that.
1: Hello everyone, this is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and The Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news, who knows. You will be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September.
2: Everybody, welcome back to the Kaiju Curry House. Oh,
5: I'm so sorry you vomited at the end there. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah.
2: what, what did we yeah, serve you my... after watching cookie that was a, a kaiju with a bunch of curry in his mouth
5: it must have been a bad cookie that you ate or something oh yes it was <laughs> oh well so we're gonna talk about king of the monsters now for those of us who have waited um alan uh when we reviewed king of the monsters we uh had our loves we had our areas for improvement i'm sure you listened and um alex may have been a bit salty so salt warning for all of you who love this movie no was alex,
2: it sea salt or regular salt eh, no no it was, it was, it was, it was mm, i think it
3: was rock salty, salt and it
5: caramel <laughs> <and tears. laughs> <The laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember that and it was salted caramel no oh. <laughs> there was no jet jaguar it was never gonna live up no oh. But um anyways um the movie's obviously out it is uh out for home release uh on the 21st of September in the UK for digital and then it will be October before we get our hands on a DVD, Blu-ray or HD. Uh um, Which is crazy. Well you know it's the UK yeah we used the to this first market we aren't the first market for this type of thing although I did cheat because I have an American IP address and I downloaded it off the American IP ha <laughs> but um I cheat but um I cheated legitimately but I cheated um <laughs> so yeah you've been touring around um obviously there's been a lot of great buzz uh, regarding the motion picture um We uh, interviewed you prior to it coming out. So give us your thoughts. You're now basking in stardom. Every social media post that I see, you are out with your monster brothers. You're having fun at conventions. How has life changed for the better?
2: Um, we are having a lot of fun. That's, that's the biggest change is really is, is we have more fun now. Um, that's really the biggest, the biggest difference since Godzilla is we get to go to these cool cons and we meet all the fans like you guys. And, and it's just a good time. It's fun to talk Godzilla shop with so many people. And, um, I think since the movie's been out, I think once it came out on Blu-ray, Maybe there is two more days of the same vibe as prior to that, and now it's been very quiet. It's been kind of like great. We got our fix. We watched it ten 1, hundred times, and now uh, we're gonna just <laughs> take a little nap. I mean, it's, it's been, kind it's-
5: of like when it's kind of like when people are eating during a meal. Like everybody's at, like the meal, and they're all talking about it. Like, oh, this smells great, right? and then they actually have the food and they're watching it. It's like quiet.
2: Yeah, we're all content exactly. <laughs> My favorite thing, though, and you guys will see this when the the Blu-ray hits your neck of the woods, is they had this awesome feature called Creating Ghidorah. And you can see the awesome behind-the-scenes work that Jason, Richard, TJ, and I did um, in mocap and performance. And it's really cool. And I was very um, unexpectedly excited to see that. I didn't know if they were going to have anything. And it's this great feature just showing us and... And the whole world can see what we did. So it's so cool. We took three very talented performance capture artists
5: and essentially tied them together. Yeah, it really was cool. I've seen some snippets online of uh, some of that footage. And it's really great. It's just like you talked about when we interviewed you before, how you put your uh, arms on someone's back, you know, just sort of link you together as one creature. And uh, I also got to see, you know, like, again, the suits that, you're, you know, you guys are on with the ref- with the reflectors and stuff, the computer picks up. Everybody gets to see how computers, you know, generated Ghidorah's movements off of what you guys were acting uh, in situ of. It was, it's a really cool thing to watch. And I think that a lot of people will uh, get a great bit out of it because in our fandom, obviously, man in a suit, you know, there's a certain – Love and you know, an honor that needs to go with that, you know, remembering where it comes from. But you guys, you guys essentially did do Ghidorah in a suit because you're wearing these mocap outfits and you are acting as Ghidorah. So, I guess it's a great way to marry the two old school and new school fandoms.
3: Ghidorah, the one who's many,
2: yeah. And you know, when I first met with Mike for my interview to potentially play Ghidorah. One of the first things he said to me was, he's, he's like, we saw your reel and it was fantastic. And that's why we're interested in you is because you've done pretty much all practical. All of your work has been, I played over 60 monsters in film, TV, music videos and commercials. And all except for three have been prosthetics and suits. So, you know, I, I have the experience of these uh, classic kaiju actors and i got to bring that to motion capture and so i think that's what helps i think make these cg monsters look and feel better than some that don't have mocap because at the heart of it was the same people that you guys all
0: love so was it any easier um being able to do the be, be a creature without having to have all the um, makeup and prosthetics on. Just, you know, just focusing on being a creature.
2: I don't know if I'd say it's...
0: It's interesting.
2: It, it's different, and it's easier in some aspects and harder in others. I think it's it's easier in the fact that I don't have to wear anything, but that also makes it harder because then you have to use your imagination more and remember all of that. Whereas when you're in a suit... I can't forget that I have a tail. You know, it's right there. I think, I think the thing that helps that helped Ghidorah with that aspect was I had two people next to me interacting with me, and so I didn't have to remember. Oh, remember, you have two other heads to talk to. You know, it was no, nope, they're they're there, and they're gonna snap at me if I'm ignoring them. Yeah, and so I think. I think it was a it was a perfect blend. This very particular character. If I had to talk about the two practical versus mocap, I think Mike did it right. He knew what he was doing. You're still relying on the performances of human actors to bring these 350 foot tall creatures to life. So it was sort of the modern way of doing a man in a rubber suit.
5: That's very cool. So talking about the so talking about the film. Um, Spoiler alerts, um, Godzilla wins and there are other titans and, uh, Ghidorah may not end up on top, folks. I mean, it's a tragedy. <laughs> so w- watching the film, now that we've all seen the scenes and all that good stuff, what scenes in the film got you jazzed? What did you, what did you love? What, you know, like what's particular bits were great for you?
2: The music comes to mind first. Like, the moment when we we hear that awesome score with Rodan when they're flying. Oh yeah! I'm just like yes.
5: Rodan's entire scene was incredible. He tried to so- take you on solo though, which didn't go so
0: well. Mr. miserably. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but a- as for our parts with 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 me acting in it, my my the parts that give me jazz are the ones that when I'm watching it, I see our movement and I see our interacting. There's a few, quite a few moments where when the three heads are looking at each other and, and act differently.
3: And roar. <sighs>
2: We did that. That was really us and how we reacted to each other. And I'm watching us as dragons. So it's interesting to watch it because I see, like, this blend of um, your memory of us as humans doing it with what I'm seeing on screen as the dragons. And my memory is almost, like, colliding. I'm going, ah, what's real?
5: So, so, all right, call out a scene, like what Ghidorah heads interacting scene was legit for you. I mean, like what, what scene really takes you back to when you were doing the mo capture? for me personally,
2: there's a scene where Godzilla grabs my head and smashes me through building glass. And that one, because I remember when we did that, um, we really had a, a cardboard box standing up for the building you got abused. TJ. <laughs> yeah, TJ had his hand on my head. And he and I, I used my force to slam me against it um, while he just kept his hand on my head so that he didn't actually have to give me whiplash. Um, and, and we knocked the boxes down with my face. And, and pretty much every scene, any scene you see where I look at Jason or Richard looks at Jason or they look at me, really all of those, I, I remember very vividly interacting with those two live. So I don't know if I could pick one where it's just like that one the most, because I, I remember
5: doing it all. It was, it was all um, there. The scenes that come out or the scene that stands out as most iconic, or at least for facial expression and the three different personalities uh, emerging or being present is when he's actually waking up from the ice because, you know, there, there are, Definitely different ways of waking up in the morning. And I think Ghidorah has like all three of your main people. You have <laughs> the one that obviously is not thrilled to be up, the morning person, and then the one that just doesn't care. And it's just like you see it when you, when you're winging I mean, like there's the one where, um, the middle head, you know, like, takes the takes lefty kevin's horn you know bites him and you're just there snarling away like you better not start stuff with me kid you know like (laughs) all 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 the heads personalities are just shown in that moment like we've got an alpha we've got an omega and we've got the troublemaker and everything's there obviously during the fight scenes in boston that was great um i'm going to ask for kevin's uh actor's name um, Richard. Richard
4: I was at that right I R- am
5: Richard
2: Dalton I am yeah Richard Dorton
5: yeah I struggle to remember my own name so I apologize Richard <laughs> I had no chance but <laughs> Richard. Um, but you know I I do like the part where Mothra has you know like, the cocoon goes against the building the two heads are stuck and then you've got Kevin as I understand it. I'm trying to remember you know if it was left you I right, believe it was
2: Jason was in the middle who was biting us out
5: Oh, okay, okay. It was the middle head. All right. See? I'm glad to have you here. But, you know, like, that head's just – oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, children. But, you know, it was just – that was that was a great, you know, like, personality moment. There are so many great personality moments that are interjected yeah, throughout the film.
2: Absolutely. And even just the way we look, like, when Godzilla is is huffing and puffing, and we're huffing and puffing, at the opposite ends before we, like, charge to battle, you can even see our – our personalities and interactions with each other during those moments. Like one of us, I remember I was, I'm ready to charge while Jason's ready to tell us to charge while Richard is like, Oh, Oh crap. I guess we're going to have to charge, you know? There's and a so- great
5: meme out that it, it <laughs> is great because the meme is, um, y- you know, we've got center head. It's just like looking, you know, menacingly we've got you snarling and then we've got lefty Richard and the meme is basically, Are we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, it's just like, no, no, it's not that one. It's actually screen cap from the movie. And it, basically, oh. he, he's looking at the other two. He's like, "Are we really doing this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> but uh, you know, I like, I've seen that one with the tongue out too. That is brilliant. Who the person that came up with that? I mean, that was like an instant meme, instant T-shirt. It's everywhere now. It, and it what's must be... funny
2: is, did you guys see my my tweet of the screen grab of us in the mocap suits with the exact faces? <laughs>
5: Oh yeah, yeah! I saw that. That was oh, right. I haven't I mean, seen them. social okay. media. Social media. Is Anyone great. who
2: hasn't seen that, check out my. I think it's on my Twitter. Um, and it's literally a real live action version of that meme, and it's it, it's perfect.
5: <laughs> I saw it. it. It was brilliant, and I'm sure that Richard gets no end of grief for being Kevin now.
2: <laughs> I, I he am... loves. It. Yeah, I bet he, he does loves every second of it.
5: Poor
4: Richard gets no end of grief from my messages being like, please end up on our show. Please make an appearance. <laughs> Has and,
2: he not replied yet? Ah, oh, he will. Give it time. I well, just... then then we're just going to keep talking so much crap about him. Richard's the worst. Richard, Richard.
4: <laughs> it was when I realized that Richard uh, played Reptile in the, um, in the revival of the Mortal Kombat miniseries on YouTube. And um
3: mm-hmm.
4: there's a wonderful point when Richard playing reptile he sort of he's, he's ripped off this person's head from their body, shoves it in the fridge, and then pulls it back out to have a nibble on it, and has thought, yeah, I want to interview that guy. And I had a look <laughs> you know, I had <laughs> That's a look. That's not
5: that is not how you manage your anger children. <laughs> no, it, does no not. it is not. It is not appropriate. Uh, way to but manage it, but your actually, feelings. um for our listeners, if you look up how much
4: Richard has done in terms of the video game world um, I'm sure Alan agree, it's very impressive
2: He's played, he's done almost every video game.
4: Yeah, I think he said if you play video games you've probably killed me that's his tagline. <laughs> the chances are, yes Yeah yes. Um, wow. Just to rewind slightly, Alan, just um, going back to what you said earlier about how when you're watching King Ghidorah, you know, the movement and saying, you know, we did that we literally did that. I think that for me in itself is what lifted Godzilla King of the Monsters so much for me. Because, you know, I have got friends who kind of watched it and they said, oh, you know, it's, it's all right. Yeah, sure. But I think because I know how much kind of energy went into literally acting King Jidora, that kind of makes it so much more special for me in that that is very kind of old school Godzilla for me. I kind of, I look at some of the 60s and 70s goofy Godzilla films and I think, you know, ah, they're cheesy, they're a bit crappy. But then I think, yeah, but there was literally a person in that suit doing that yeah. yeah exactly doing it and it's like you know special effects can do anything these days but a person literally jumped around fell over got back up bits of the rubber suit were flying around and you know it was virtually a ruined suit by the end of filming and there was blood sweat and yeah. tears went into it and that is so much more exciting for me as a viewer
2: yeah i i agree with you 100 and because sometimes when i watch those those you know corny any corny old movie yeah i don't normally think they're corny i normally sit there and go this is amazing imagine doing that yes. imagine being there during this and, and you said i've gone after you uh i i don't know
5: i'm gonna slide a fiver i'm gonna slide a fiver over to you now you said corner enough times to reference godzilla versus megalon so there it is exactly i love that movie it's an amazing
4: movie but but you you said in our last interview alan that um you know as an actor when you've kind of taken on new roles you've said no no i want to be the monster and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's very much kind of um what you've done with patina that kind of you are that person you kind of you got into character and i look forward to seeing what you do with your feature film i'm I'm hoping that kind of you you bring yourself to that it's pretty much time to round off guys so we need to think about if nothing else and it would be great if we could recommend a so bad it's good or so bad it's just shit it'd be great if we could recommend something individually can we do that Joe, what have yes. you got? Oh God! It can't be Humanoids from the Deep. We discussed that last time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got around <laughs> to watching that yet.
4: Which an is, it's it's an art house classic,
5: dear children. Right. So I mentioned it last time, but I'm going to go ahead and give it its st- street cred now. Uh, Carnosaur from the early '90s, practical effects, <laughs> great puppetry. We have people giving birth to eggs that hatch into dinosaurs. It is ludicrous, but. I The jury's still out with me whether or not it's, it's a good film because when I watched it, it was absolute hilarity with my friends because I remember when a bunch of hippies, like, what do they say? They, they handcuff themselves to earth-moving equipment to prevent, like, a state park from being destroyed. But a dinosaur comes along and eats them, and they can't get away because they've handcuffed themselves to a bunch of earth-moving equipment. So, you know, there are just moments in that film they are just so irreverent. But at the same time, you know, like, practical effects are so good, and the plot, I don't know, they combine the DNA, I think, of an iguana, a duck, a vulture, and a chicken, and that's what you get a dinosaur from. But, (laughs) and it has so many sequels, so many sequels, but the original one was all that I got through, and give it a watch, let's just see what you think. But there you go. My recommend.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Hold. Right, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I would say Piranha, but we've already mentioned that. And
3: no, give it a
4: shot. No, don't
0: I'm going to. No, actually, I watched a film last night um, called Swamp Shark, which was a TV movie by I think it was on the Sci Fi Channel. And I don't know if you remember, but the Sci Fi Channel seemed to be pumping out a movie, probably a movie a month, and some of them were bad, and I mean bad, and some of them were bad, but they had a lot of fun, like the, the Sharknado films. And Swamp Shark kind of falls into the bad, but in a good way type of film. Uh, it doesn't have much of a budget. You don't see the shark really until, I think really until the end. You just of see a, a fin um, through the water. But um, it's made up by the, the characters and the soundtrack. It's just... A lot of fun. So I watched it with a friend last night. We had a load of fun watching it. Then we looked at the like, the reviews on IMDb, and I think it got about three out of ten stars. So, yeah. <laughs> but so, so, yeah, Swamp Shark is going to be my so-bad-it's-good recommendation.
4: It does sound like a classic. Is it based on a true story?
0: Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I think th- the story is... Um, uh, the sheriff of the local town is Spoiler selling Spoiler alert. <laughs> this is the first five minutes of the film. The the, the Sheriff is that like, importing exotic animals and then selling them on and so they've imported a shark. This giant prehistoric shark, by the way, from you know, deep deep in the ocean that's been awoken. It's been transported in like an oil tanker truck. And when they go to check on it, he like starts rocking around, and then it it just rolls into the swamp and escapes. And then everyone laughs when someone says, oh, there's a shark. No, you don't get sharks in a swamp, you silly thing. And then everyone starts dying.
4: (laughs) 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 Okay. It's classic. My film film is... um, Is it a classic? No, it's not. No. (laughs) Because on Kaiju Curry House, we mainly review bad films present company no. you know accepted um alan but my film is 2010's altitude if you were to type in imdb altitude you're going to get 2017 which is an fbi film about a plane hijack not that one 2010 2010 i think i saw altitude. that yeah it's uh i'm gonna read it uh, to and it you. was really good Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Well, coming in at 4.8 stars.
0: <laughs> See, did you, did you hear the shock there? It was really good. Well, I say really good. It was, it was, a, it was surprisingly good for a, what looked like yeah. a bad film.
4: So, uh, I'll read the description to you. After a mysterious malfunction sends their small plane climbing out of control, a rookie pilot and her four teenage friends find themselves trapped in a deadly showdown with a supernatural force. It's sort of like a, vaguely psychological horror film set in the sky, playing malfunctions, and there's a big, massive monster in the sky. Yes, And it gives a great sense of claustrophobia. The characters are fairly unlikable and a bit irritating. Their script is a bit corny, but the monster in it is really, really good. And uh, yeah, that's Altitude. Alan, um... Can you recommend something to us, please? Yeah, watch uh, Patina. Yeah.
5: Watch <laughs> Patina.
2: <laughs> I, I actually want to watch Altitude, but no, my my bad movie that I absolutely love is Cannibal the Musical. That is one of my all-time I did not movies. know this existed.
5: I'm going to go for this right now. <laughs> to the internet!
2: It is, it is um, the first movie written and directed by Trey Parker, and it is... Amazing! Everything about it is awesome, and you have to see this.
4: Cannibal the Musical. Going
2: to. Oh, I'm, is that I'm definitely Tra- curious. Is that Trey Parker. So say it again.
4: Sorry, um, is it to see about Trey Parker?
2: Yeah the the guys who did South Park. Oh, yeah, South Park! Yeah. Yeah. That's right, first movie.
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, and you can uh, find that Region Two on Amazon for fifteen pound plus two quid delivery. Thank me later. So, what,
2: it's so good. What's it, what's it's it about? So Go on. Uh, it's based on a true story. The first reported incident of cannibalism um, in the Denver, Colorado area. His name was Alfred Packer, and it's a musical at the same time with a lot of zaniness, uh, as you see from Trey and Matt. Often, it's it's kind of like the the build up to what became book of Mormon or South park. And, uh, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. And it's live action. So it's not their typical, um, puppet or marionette or cutouts. It's, it's them acting and Trey is the star. Um, Matt Stone is also in it and tons of other hilarious actors. And just, it, it ensues of craziness of, um, singing dancing while trying to go across the Grand Canyon and, and find some, some gold.
4: <laughs> right. I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much, Alan. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Same for you guys. Thank you so much.
5: <laughs> Catch you later, folks. Keep it Kaiju.
4: Kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju. You can follow us at UK Kaiju on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or find us at heroespodcasts.com. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play or tons of other podcast services. Thank you very
0: much. So do you get um, money for every view of Cookie on Prime? Do you get like a cut or something? It's very tiny. Yes,
2: yes. I think for Cookie, I get wow like, oh, like one cent for every sevens. view or something. it's seven cents per hour. Yeah.
4: Paul wants to be paid to watch Cookie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> did not they? I mean, you, you, there's there's four Cookie videos. I think there's like a rap, there's like a rap video, a short movie, and the two films. So it's yeah, it, it obviously found the triangles. audience. <laughs> yeah, enough to make those, yeah. What
5: you could do, you could go, I, I don't know but if you're familiar, but you could go the Gamera route and you could make an amazing kick-ass trailer to a movie that never gets made. And people be like, what the fuck? And even like <laughs> five, six, seven, who knows how many years later, people are still like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> and then come okay. out yeah i'm one of those
4: people <laughs> that looked okay, awesome ideas for you i think you could go down you could go down the purge route you could have first cookie you can have cookie anarchy you could have cookie election day you could, you could also have cookie crumbs to, uh, where his kids come in yeah yeah you oh
0: have, uh, the Joe, yes
4: so you could have cookie 3d final cookie
5: <laughs> you could have it where he wins the lottery Called cookie dough nice
2: <laughs> King of dad jokes. I mean, all great. Um
5: I got
4: dad jokes. And then you could go for Fast and Furious style, so you could have two cookie two furious two co- <laughs> <laughs> I
5: You could love have this. it where Cookie gets high and hawk easy bake cookies. <laughs> ah, clever. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hey, it's Rick from upstairs. Yeah, I take it seriously. When I play R&B at one in the morning, that's me saying, hey, I'm here for you, and I enjoy repetitive bass lines. I only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors
1: Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore
4: bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood
3: for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Save by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com.